All right, today we begin our way through uh, Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians. Uh, the return of Christ, the second coming, is still a prominent theme in this very short letter, uh, only three chapters. The, the first chapter is, as you've already read, is really brief, uh, including his greeting to them, a prayer of thanksgiving, and some initial words about what will happen on the day that Christ returns. Um, I'll go ahead and say that over the these three chapters that we're going to think about, probably our most extended thoughts in this letter are going to come in chapter 2 uh, when we come to 2 Thessalonians 2. We'll spend the most time there. Really, the first and third chapters um, will be relatively brief. So in this first chapter, let's think about one particular phrase that Paul uses here that's worthy of consideration. Um, and it has to do with obeying the gospel. In, in talking about what will happen when Christ returns, Paul talks about the blessing of uh, the, the the blessing that followers of Christ will receive on that day, verse ten. But mostly about the horror and punishment uh, those who do not and have not followed Christ will receive on that day, verses seven through nine. And on that day that Jesus will be revealed, he says, in flaming fire and inflicting vengeance. Um, by way of casting those who do not know God into eternal destruction, away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might. Verse 8 and 9, that's, that's graphic language. The phrase, though, that caught my eye is found in verse 8, where Paul says that Christ will come on that day and will bring punishment to those who, quote, do not know God and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's verse 8, obey the gospel. That's interesting. We talk a lot about believing the gospel, and that is unquestionably true. We don't, however, often use this kind of language about obeying the gospel. What does that mean? Well, I believe it means at least two things. First, we need to realize that when the gospel is preached, it is not merely an invitation to believe. We often talk in those terms, but let's be honest. If you refuse an invitation, it doesn't sound that ominous or that, may, that it may bring with it many consequences. But the Bible doesn't use that kind of language. Consider how Paul preaches in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, when he tells those in Athens that God now, quote, commands people everywhere to repent, all people everywhere. Commands. That's not an invitation. That's a summons. If you refuse an invitation, no big deal. Um, but if you refuse a summons, there are consequences. So when the gospel comes, it comes as a command to repent and also believe. And then the gospel is something that we obey in that way. We, we obey the command to, to repent and believe. Secondly, though, the gospel comes to us not with just good news of what Jesus has done for us, but with an expectation that followers of Christ will live committed lives of discipleship from then on, which the New Testament describes page after page. And so in that way, we obey the gospel every day of our lives as we follow Christ. And for those who obey the gospel in these ways, the day that Jesus comes will be a welcomed and joyful day. For those who do not, I believe there may, and I believe there may be many who profess to believe, but who do not live lives in obedience to the gospel, um, who, who may face an, a, an eternity separated from Christ as a result. So take this exhortation from 2 Thessalonians 1 to live every day of your life in preparation for the day when you see Jesus face to face. Jesus has already done everything necessary to present you spotless and forgiven before the God the Father. But our lives between now and then are going to be living testimonies that we really and truly know the Lord Jesus and, and that, that, we, that we have believed and trusted in those things that he's done for us.
those are just some quick thoughts from Second Thessalonians one. Uh, tomorrow we will uh, we will look more closely at Second Thessalonians chapter two, which is the heart of this brief letter.